is you're curious about the world, it's better to diversify your portfolio and just pick up a country that you like to visit and go there and you will see if it comes to that. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Farrellis. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. What's us today? Elena Morel. How you doing, Elena? Fine, Joe. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure and looking forward to our conversation. Elena is an active real estate investor, entrepreneur, and consultant. She's based in London, England, travels all over Europe to do business, She's been involved in over 1,000 real estate transactions, totaling more than $100 million. So with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Of course. I was involved in a successful athletic merchandising business. And uh, after traveling the world, I realized that I could have financial freedom and personal fulfillment through international real estate investing. I started with one property and rebuilt this its first uh, fix and flip deal. I rebuilt the property in less than 40000 And when I sell the property, I put made $80,000 of profit. So next I bought the property in Spain and I used the capital from the investment to buy my next rental property in France, Germany, UK, Thailand, so on. And through this years, I grew my portfolio and took me five years to go from a debt of $40,000 to earning a yearly passive income of more than 300000 It was 10 years ago, and now I own properties in 16 countries. Wow. Well, let's unpack that. There's a lot to talk about. First, you mentioned an athletic merchandising business that went well. Did you found that company? Yes. What was the name of it? It was MMA Stars. It was merchandising for MMA fighters gear. Okay. Actually, I started because I know Fedor Emelianenko personally, and I was his merchandiser. Okay, cool. Did you sell that business? The business actually closed because I had a problem with my divorce. Okay, got it. So that was no longer a focus of yours. No. And then you moved on. And you I started- wanted to move on, actually. I started, that's why I tried to ask travel the world to find myself. Yep. And finally, I decided that I want to try real estate. And your first business deal was the fix and flip after that. What city was that in? It was in Paris. Okay. And where was the second property that you purchased located? Uh, The second, it was near Barcelona. Okay. That's not right next door to Paris, and that's not even in Paris. So why did you choose to 
go from Paris to Barcelona? You see, it is my way of thinking. In my life, I moved a lot already. And I know that every market is different and every market has its advantages. So I am watching all over the Europe at the beginning, you see? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and Spain at the time, there were a lot of uh, different opportunities and Germany too. So I tested everything. You see, it was just like testing things. And they worked. And I found out that the more you test, the more they they can bring it to you, you know, the most you have an experience. So, uh, yeah. Have you done any deals in the United States? For now, no, but it's my next step. Okay. What countries do you have properties in? France, Spain, Germany, uh, UK, Netherlands, Portugal, Thailand, Russia, Bulgaria, Turkey, Morocco, (laughs) Cyprus, Indonesia, and Philippines. I should have asked what countries don't you have property? <laughs> no, no, no. There's still a lot of things to do. No, I know, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Well, um, so let's talk about since you have properties in so many different countries, what country is the easiest and most friendly to invest in as a real estate investor? You see, there are a lot of benefits in each country. That's why I am about global real estate investment. You just need to see how it works for each country and you will see the benefits, the cons and pros for each. For now, yes, it depends on the time and the market and the market moves. For example, this is 2008, there's a difficulties in the US market. In France, it was calm. In France, there was, the market was not touched. And for example, in Spain, if you ask me, there are still, they have um, 0% mortgages for foreigners. For example, you just asked me mm-hmm. about which country is the most beneficial. It depends on the time. It depends on your strategy. You see what I mean? For the beginners, I would say Spain is great. Okay. And knowing that you gave some disclaimers for time of the market and other things, but for beginners, Spain, because... There's zero percent down for foreigners. Yes, okay. yes, it's pretty easy too, because a lot of property the prices are good right now, and uh, yeah. Knowing that you have those disclaimers out there, what's the most challenging country so far to purchase an investment property, and in that you've purchased? All this is the market. You see, for now, I would say UK. This Brexit problems. It's difficult in Australia right now. It's always fixed with the market. That's what's going on on the market, actually. Okay. So when you're thinking through it's difficult in Australia right now, are you referring to the profit margin or are you referring to the process? No, profit margin. Okay. The, the, pro- process, the process uh, are more or less equal everywhere, actually. Really? The process across all those countries is more or less... More the- or less, yes, more or less. Uh, different. Some, it can be different, for example. You have to know, for example, you don't have the things like called uh, what you have in the United States, like credit story. Mm-hmm. We don't have in France, for, for example. You don't have what? Credit score. When you ask for mortgages, they check your credit story. Yes? Oh, credit score, right. Yes, yes, yes. They don't have it in France. Okay. Doesn't it? Here in Spain, it's not a similar stuff neither. 
Okay. So uh, that's why you just came out out of blue, just bring your papers for your taxes. Actually, they ask you taxes bills, taxes, what you paid for the last two years and taxes. They just need to see that you have actually an income. And then case by case, you can find a broker and he or she will help you to make a first mortgage. And once you have a property in the country, we already knew some persons, new brokers, new agents. It's uh, things become much easier. Mm-hmm. I know I asked this question at the beginning of our conversation, but I just want to follow up one more time. You're in all these different countries. Why not just pick three or four versus 10 or however many? It's actually the protection uh, of what I decide, what I choose for security. You see, if it's something happens in one part of the world and then another part of the world, things will be different. You see what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, it's like diversification in shares of, of, of stocks market, you see. So the most you diversify, the, the more your portfolio is stable. What was the last property you purchased and where was it? The last property, it was just, it was in Germany and it was a commercial property and it was a very good deal. I already sold it with 800,000 profit. Okay. Let's talk about it. When did you buy that? How long ago? It was something like one year ago because it was a difficult stuff. Okay. Will you tell us about that, what, that deal? Of course. So. Listen, it was a property. It was an eight-acre facility with basement and approximately 500 parking spaces. And it was located on a well-traveled road. And it was difficult because there was a lack of electricity in the building and they needed to invest to get electricity running throughout. But location was exceptional and it was very easy to find a buyer afterwards. So we ended up selling a part of the building where was electricity and then I reinvested the money to provide electricity to another part. I hold the basement of the property for storage use and I want something like 100000 and I deal use I rent for the storage. So then we put the whole property on the market and ended up selling it for a little over than $3 million with profit of 800000 so you want to make sure I am tracking properly. How much did you buy the property for? It was $2 million two. Okay, $2.2 million. And the problem initially was there was lack of electricity in the building. And what type of tenant is in the building? It's for offices. Offices, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's an office building and there's 500 parking spaces. I heard yes. that. Yes. Uh, so what did in you the do? basement. Pardon me? In the basement. And there's a basement. So what did you do to solve the challenge of the lack of electricity in the building? Actually, we gather all the electricity in one part of the building. We remodeled it. Okay. And sold this part. You sold part of the building? I sold part of the building. That's yes. what I thought I heard. Okay, yes. got it. So then we reinvested to build the electricity properly in the, all, in the rest of the building. Mm-hmm. And then we sold it and I got a basement for rent and storage. And I rent storage in the basement okay and I sold the property and on the total we have eight hundred thousand profit excellent so you sold part of the building reinvested that into the other part built out storage rented the storage in the basement and then sold the remaining part of the building for yeah. a profit of in total about eight hundred thousand yeah how'd you find that deal it was networking 
networking specifically thinking back who showed it to you how did you initially meet them the person from my network okay how did you meet that person initially from this app from this network uh, it was my agent who presented me this it's another investor and oh. it was my agent in germany who presented me this person okay got it and when you're overseeing a project like this, which seems like there's a lot of attention that needs to take place in order for it to be successful, are you visiting the property and doing it on the ground? This property, yes, I visited, but because it was complicated, actually. It was a complicated property, but uh, I often buy something just from the description and from my network, from my agent, something like this. Okay. And in this example, when you're visiting the property, what city in Germany is it? In? Frankfurt. Frankfurt. When you arrive in Frankfurt, you just landed. Now, what exactly are you doing to facilitate the business plan? So, first of all, we have to decide what to do with this electricity problem. Yes? Mm -hmm. Because I knew that it will be sell very quickly and how much we have to invest in this and how else we can use it. It's a property, you see. So we just need to elaborate the plan because I could keep it for myself and rent it out too, you see. Mm -hmm. So every time we just run figures and uh, decide afterwards based on the plan, which, what we will go with, what it will be great for us to do with this, with the property. Every property just need to see which, is, which plan is the best. I didn't want to run these properties and because we also have to share everything and etc. So we just decided make it, uh, to, to sell it and make some profit with this. Tell us about a deal that you lost money on, please. I've been a lot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> especially on the beginning. Yeah, I one of the, no, it, it was just, I will, I will give specific one because a lot of persons, a lot of uh, young investors do this kind of property deals. So there was a property. It was in France, actually. It was so nice property. <laughs> it was so beautiful, you know. It was a garden. It was so nice. But otherwise, <laughs> it was just nothing. It was very far from transportation. It was, yes, poorly located. And, uh, yeah, not as very attractive as it could be. And the price actually was real high. But I bought it because I loved it. Mm-hmm. So when I bought it, I realized that I did something stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what, what I've done, I've, it took me money actually and time to get rid of it. And even more, I can tell you, I had to pay taxes on this property. Mm -hmm. All of the money, I had to sell it cheaper and I even had to pay taxes. Wow. About how much did you lose on it? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It was a long time ago. It was not, but I lose, you see. Yes. So. Anyway, yes. The, the thing is here, you don't have to be specifically attached to a property. A property is not a home. It's your business. You see, mm -hmm. business has to be seen like business. Nothing more. So uh, the property for me now is just how much money you can take from it. Right. Makes sense. And thinking about the other projects that didn't go according to plan, because you clearly do some commercial properties too, what's the largest amount of money you've lost on one particular project? Just curious what type of project that was. 
It was multifamily. Okay, where at? It was in France again. France? You got to stay away from France. Your only projects that you're losing money on are in France. I was just kidding. Yes, yes, yes. You know, <laughs> I'm. Yes, I, it's a, it's a my home country. Oh, okay, all right. So I, I always stay there, and I can tell the French market it's a good market, but it's a tough market. <laughs> okay. So what happened with that multifamily in France? It was my first multifamily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like first time always on the something goes wrong. I miscalculated costs. And what part of the costs did you miscalculate so that um, renovation? Uh, renovation, yes. Okay. Because actually my strategy of the beginning that was actually I start to give my fortune. It's always the same. It's for students, single persons, uh, younger persons, you know. And big apartments or big houses, and divide them in small studios, and rent them out. And so it's a strategy for buy and hold. Okay. Uh, and it was a strategy that I predicted succeed. So then I rented and took a more next mortgage, and then buy another another property and do the same. So mm-hmm. it was a strategy. And this is was something like forty place unit, you know. And I just calculated. About how much did you think it was going to cost and how much did it actually I, was, I don't remember the figures exactly. I, I, yeah. But I was prepared for something like usually used for the apartment and yep. for the small houses. And it was not the same for multifamilies. It was included as extra cost. So I've lost. It's not that I lost, but I had to ask for advanced credit for this, for this project at the time. So now let's do the opposite. Now I'm going to ask you some more fun questions. Well, how about okay. a problem? <laughs> let's talk about some good stuff. Although certainly we can learn from both. And I'm grateful that you shared some of these projects that weren't as successful. What project did you make the most amount of money on so far? Post money. But yes, yes, we can also refer to this Frankfurt project, recent project. Okay. The 800000 profit is the one that you made the most money on? Yes. Okay. Is that the largest deal that you've purchased in terms of dollar size or transaction amount? No, it's okay. I mean that I've done already some deals like this, but it's more uh, on the recent stuff. It's commercial project also. This is a commercial something like five years ago only. So I have a future before me. <laughs> <laughs> About how many properties do you own right now? 57 properties. Okay. And some of those properties are commercial properties or have multiple doors? Yes, I have some um, commercial properties, mostly multifamilies. Okay. How do you manage the success of the property's performance? And I imagine you're going to say you have a good team in place, but if you can be very specific about your role in managing them, I'd love to learn more. Actually, it's not only team. I have a company that run my properties and other people's properties. It's okay. actually a separate business I have. Okay. And did you create that property management company because you had your own, so you might as well make a business yes, out of it? and other people ask me for this because actually it's always a problem for investors. It's a big mm-hmm. problem for investors, the management, especially when they start investing outside where they live. And for me, actually, the thing is, if you want to succeed, it's better to diversify. So go see somewhere else. Some other country can have bigger advantages. Based on your experience investing all over the world, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? 
my best advice start something else uh, go outside where you live and try some other countries because you can have a lot of um, positive thing if you go and start investing in the other places like tax credits resident permit foreign banking protection from lawsuits adaptable travel costs a lot of things and also know that the percentage of return is different from country to country for example my friend in canada they only have something like two percent and if you check for example i have an investment in philippines it can be something like 10 percent so it means if you want and yes, you're curious about the world. It's better to diversify your portfolio and just pick up a country that you like to visit and go there and you will see if it can speak there. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com. What's the best ever book you've recently read? I think it's very important to master the productivity when you do real estate investment, and I find one interesting atomic habits by James Clear. It's about how to change habits and master the productivity to achieve your goals. It's a new book, and I found something from the interesting that I can imply in my everyday life. What country has the least favorable tenant landlord laws France. <laughs> what country has the most favorable tenant landlord laws uh, sorry 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 france it was for this question sorry okay france has the least favorite so meaning that tenants have more rights yes than... okay tenants has uh, tenants has all the rights okay what about the opposite which country has the opposite where landlords have most of the rights i would say philippines cyprus What's the best ever deal that you've done that we have not talked about already? You mean in terms of profit or in terms of what? However you define it. The first deal, it was my first deal. Because actually I did made a big profit. And actually it was my point where I realized that it works. And it works for everybody. Best ever way you like to give back to your community? Actually, partnership is my friend Katya Ash, who is the president of NGO United for Cambodian Children. It's a charity to help children from Shantytaos in Cambodia to get education. So we build schools and provide necessary food and clothing. So recently I was opened a school in Siem Reap. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? You can check on my site, elenamorel.com, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I also have my own podcast, The Roadmap to Wealth, and we, it's a podcast where we speak about success stories and experience. And my book, Make Millions Retire Young, is coming out in September. Awesome. Well, congratulations on the upcoming launch of your book. Enjoyed learning about investing in different countries, 
what you learned through some of these specific deals. Certainly those lessons can be applied to wherever we're investing because it's a thought process, not necessarily country specific. And then also just learning more about some country specific things that you talked about, landlord tenant laws and favorable, not favorable, as well as some transactions that you did. Thank you for being on the show. Hope you have the best day and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com.